0: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm your host, Shri Krishna Upadhyaya, and the guest on our show today is Dr. Nitya the head of Geospatial Research Program at Takshashila Institution. Welcome to All Things Policy, Nithya.
1: Hi, Shri. Uh, it's my pleasure to be part of this discussion today.
0: Right. So as a part of the Geospatial Research Program at Takshashila, uh, Nithya orders a monthly newsletter called the Takshashila Geospatial Bulletin. Earlier this month, uh, he released the issue number four, which talked of rapid military expansion in Tibet using a satellite imagery analysis. So, Nitya used high-resolution satellite images to analyze three operational dual-purpose airports and two air bases under construction in central Tibetan region. Uh, After looking at all these five uh, installations, Nitya asserts in his newsletter that, I quote, China's rapid construction and pace and utilization of cutting-edge technology indicates its commitment to maintaining a long-term presence in the region. End quote. And Indian strategic planners and armed forces must be concerned by these developments in the Central Tibet, as Nitya rightly points out in his newsletter. So, Nitya, I want to begin by talking a little bit before the finding of yours, of, you know, these five airports which have come up in the Central Tibetan region, because you write that since the confrontation between India and China started in 2017, had escalated between 2020 and 2022 when we had Ganwar and all those incidents, China has actually worked towards strengthening the PLA Air Force presence in the regions of Tibet and Xinjiang, which are in fact very close to Indian borders. So the Western Theater Command of China's PLA uh, adjoining the Indian territory has uh, seen a lot of air force infrastructure expansion and it has seen construction of airports, heliports and other support structures. Uh, So let's start here, right? Before we get into your analysis regarding the new constructions in central debate, uh, would you take us through the changes that have taken place in the last half a decade?
1: Sri, it's an important uh, point to start with. Since 1962 war between India and China, you know, this is one of the major confrontation happened in 2017, a standoff between India and China, especially uh, in Doklam plateau. So now uh, since this has ever since it has happened china has rapidly expanded their military infrastructure in the region as you also pointed out the western theater command is someone who is responsible for uh, monitoring china's border with india and they have spent uh, a large amount of uh, you know investment on building the military infrastructure in this region the way the things are built is slightly different from uh, many other places In a sense, uh, it is not just a military infrastructure. It is something where you can see a military infrastructure and also a civilian buildup in that area. That is something we see it as a unique thing. And then that is something which is uh, considered as a sustainable military confrontation for a longer period. And uh, in this case, so what we have seen in the last, uh, let's say half a decade, the rapid expansion in uh, air assets in addition to other ground assets for military, the Air Force related assets such as the, the, the heliports, the air bases and uh, you know other uh, infrastructure, air defense systems has been put up on ground in a rapid manner. So that's what we could see so many new airports, so many dual purpose airports has emerged in this region in recent years especially the an area which are very uh, close to indian border and also which has strategic importance so this is a overall development happened and then once we had subsequent confrontations uh, you know in recent years the the speed has increased and what is astonishing is the rapid pace in which the constructions are made right and like you point out
0: you know much of this air infrastructure particularly the particularly the airports are in these remote areas so both are military and civilian so this might seem like a rookie question, but I want to know from you, isn't this part of the normal course, uh, you know, for infrastructure in such faraway areas and in such high altitude areas to serve both purposes? Or are you also suggesting or have you uncovered evidence to suggest that this is a cover for something else and something more sinister is at play as far as the Chinese PLA airports force is concerned?
1: Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. If we, if we look at, uh, you know, any airports, let's say, what is the necessity for an airport, And let's forget about an air base. We'll think about a civilian airport. The civilian airport comes in uh, places where there are industrial activities exist, where the human settlements are in high density, where there is a necessity for people to commute between place A to B or place A to different locations around the world or within the country. Um, Here, it could be, if we think like it is just an airport which is established with dual purpose, as like many airports in the world, it is not the case because um, here the density of population living in that area is very less. That's a point to note. Because once you have limited number of people possibly utilize the facility, and then you are creating a massive infrastructure that could, you know, hold bigger aircraft and uh, which could also hold bigger military aircrafts and uh, fighter jets and so on, which indicates that the airport is made for dual purpose. And of course, it has been used for civilian purpose to uh, ensure developments in that area. And largely, it can also be used uh, for military purposes because of its strategic advo- location advantage. Let's look at it in this way. For a, for say the Shigatse airport, if you look at the number of flights per day, that is less in number. Let's say, I, I if I'm not wrong, it is 15 flights per day in Shigatse. So, once you have a place which has 15, uh, uh, let's say, 15 commercial flights landing on that area, and that is expected to have a very limited activity, but look at the infrastructure being built for those uh, 15 to 13 flights per week. It is massive. And what infrastructure that we can see is more correlated to the military activity likely to happen from that place and also the military infrastructure exists are like you can see uh, aircraft you can see uavs you can see uh, surface to air missile sites and these are the indicators that this place could have been uh, more used for military purpose compared to a civilian purposes and if you look at the adjacent uh, areas also we do not have much of uh, infrastructure exists for civilian activities. We don't have massive industries exist in those regions. We don't have uh, natural resources utilization happening in that. I mean, the regular civilian activities does not exist in that region. So hence, it is uh, believed to be in, uh, more of military purpose and less of civilian purpose in this region.
0: Right. Also, other than Shigatse, which you mentioned now, uh, you also looked at the Lhasa Gongar Airport and the Manding Airport, right? And you analyze these three in much detail in your uh, newsletter using satellite image. Uh, So could you maybe briefly take us through uh, the infrastructural capabilities of these airports? What is visible? What is not? What is the current and the intended usage of these facilities? And most importantly, how the location of these airports is important from the Indian point of view?
1: Yeah. uh, In this study, we have uh, taken five air bases and out of which Shigatse, Lhasa, Gangar. Manling are the three functional dual-purpose air bases and two Shigatse, Dingri and uh, Damsung are the air bases which are under construction. So, which is believed to be a military base and perhaps it may be used for little of civilian activities as well. If we look at the functional air bases, the Shigatse, Laza and Manling, All three are uh, uh, having uh, some amount of uh, civilian activity and an extensive assets of uh, extensive air assets in that region. What we have looked at in uh, especially in Shigatse, I will start from Shigatse. We could able to figure out the developments in uh, establishing new SAM sites. SAM sites are surface-to-air missile sites. When these are the sites which uh, which incorporates. uh, you know, radars and missiles when an enemy's missiles enters into your airspace and this uh, site activates and it counterattacks it. Now, we have this and we have underground facilities. We have, you know, squandrum, almost a squandrum of uh, fighter jets being placed in uh, Peace airport. And we have UAV hangars, which are uh, new developments. In the sense, the air base is being prepared for hosting advanced UAVs operation from that place and a couple of hard shelters which are used to, um, you know, protect some of the valuable assets in the, among the assets which are displayed there. And uh, an auxiliary runway has been there for a while in Shigatsepe's Air for especially for UAV operations. And interestingly, there is an underground facility is um, being made. Which could likely to, you know, possibly to host some of the, you know, it could be, be used as a storage facility for missiles and so on. So, this is of Shigatse Pease Airport. Second is uh, Lhasa Gonger Airport. The Lhasa Gonger Airport is a uh, is, is little busier airport in the region because it is the capital of uh, Tibet and it, it takes almost 500 plus weekly flights and it connects to 29 prominent airports across China. One more thing which is common to all these three airports are these airports connects only to other airports within China. There are no international flights flying, uh, you know, to this region. But among the other two, uh, Lhasa Gonggar uh, is something where uh, the airport is uh, very busy, and it uh, takes twenty nine. Uh, it connects twenty nine prominent airports in China. So the important thing to note is it is just 140 kilometers from uh, uh, Bhutan border and uh, approximately 200 kilometers from India's Tawang Air Force Station. Now, given its proximity to Indian border and the kilometers that we are discussing is nothing when it comes to air power. And uh, since it is very close and we could also find, uh, you know, military infrastructure like specific military uh, zones for managing and maintaining the aircrafts in this airport, and several hard structures. There are so many hard structures, 25-plus hard structures exist in uh, Laso Gongar, which is there for protecting important air assets. And also, there is a larger expansion of construction happening on the side, which is close to a river. Perhaps that could be isolated for military activities in future, and also, uh, there's a massive underground facilities being built um, in uh, La Sagonga, Rampoon. Uh, and we could not still able to understand what exactly it could be used for because it is so massive and it is the ed- end of the ridge and it uh, it has a lot of structures in between. And it's a huge construction going on. Perhaps it could be a massive command and control facility or any other, uh, you know, military-related facilities. But we doubt it is uh, it, it definitely not a civilian uh, a facility to come up in that area because it is very close to the military infrastructure exists in the airport. And the third one is uh, Manling Airport. The Manling Airbase is, again, uh, it is very close to Indian border. And uh, it do have, uh, you know, potential sites like uh, it has uh, advanced military drones placed there and it has a functional surface to air missile site and it has dual purpose taxiway. Now, we can see some of these airports are used uh, for uh, UAV operations, some are used for uh, fighter jet operations, some are used for both UAV and fighter jet operations, some are used for transporting uh, you know transporting goods to the ground uh, forces and so on so all these possibilities exist when we look at the type of airway and the supported infrastructure being built on the place right stay tuned
0: to all things policy we'll be right back after a short commercial break also you know this aspect of underground facilities is really curious, and you know you mentioned that both at Shigatse Peace Airport and Lhasa Gonggar, uh, that underground construction is taking place at the outer reaches of these facilities. And you pointed out it could be, say, a storage facility for missiles or even a command and control centers. So, what possible other explanations could be there? Why do you think China is constructing these facilities in such a secretive manner?
1: Oh, it is. Uh, it could be part of their uh, regular. Uh way of doing it so there are certain assets uh, which need to be protected and uh, which need to be hidden in terms of uh, at the time of war so what i see here is this underground facilities are uh, it's not kept in a secretive manner but it has made it in a way like it can be uh, protected and it is a hard structure to break on at the time of uh, you know the critical situation so what I see is these uh, structures are very massive, especially the one in Loso Konger appears to be very massive, and uh, with lot of uh, you know construction activities are happening, and it is of multi-storey level. Whereas in in case of Shigatse, it is very small. But uh, so the uh, Lhasa Gongar airport is the Lhasa Gongar underground facility is very big and there are limited uh, chances that it could be used for uh, civilian uh, purposes because a new terminal over there is recently opened and it is not part of this uh, structure. And this structure is mostly associated uh, to the military infrastructure exists in that region and it is uh, protected by high-rise walls and so on. This indicates that this could be a facility associated with a military activity
0: itself. Right. So while reading about these three airports, one common thread which I came across was all the three of them are capable of handling unmanned aerial vehicles or UAVs, right? Or they have installations of fleets of UAVs, advanced UAV systems, hangars, maintenance facilities for UAVs and so on. Uh, which you you were able to point out in your analysis. Uh, so what do you make of this developments regarding UAVs and uh, drones as far as China's air power is concerned? What kind of capabilities, according to you, is China building? Is it just surveillance or is it uh, something more?
1: So the long-endurance uh, UAVs are game changers because uh, those are capable of flying uh, over a longer duration without uh, the requirement of human being on board. And second, uh, these UAVs are largely used for reconnaissance, which is to monitor uh, a larger area on ground. So, for an area which is uh, uh, highly sensitive and uh, uh, which is very complex for an uh, you know regular pilots to fly, it is uh, China has been increasing its UAV capabilities in this region as well. So, like, like other countries do increase the UAV based reconnaissance over the years, China has also increased its um, infrastructure, especially its number of UAVs, uh, uh, you know, being deployed and the type of capability it has has been increased over the period. Now, this will help uh, them to monitor the area that is of interest in the strategic locations continuously. And uh, even if there is a critical situation, like these assets uh, will not cause any human life as well. So this is uh, economically and operationally, it is a little easier than the fighter jets. Of course, fighter jets do have their own benefits and uh, merits. And this is being used for different purposes. And uh, for that, China is building its extensive capability in the region.
0: Right, so apart from these three airports, you also studied two air bases, right? Namely, Damsung Air Base and uh, Shigatse Air Base. Uh, these are relatively smaller and much of it seems to be under uh, construction. And these also seem to be relatively new and they have been built at very impressive altitudes, very high up in the mountains. And they happen to be very close to the Indian border as well. So could you talk a little bit more about these two air bases and what, according to you, stands out uh, with respect to these two?
1: Yeah, Damsung is an airbase which is uh, 270 kilometers away from Indian border and at an altitude of uh, 4,300 meters. And it is, uh, you know, it is 90 kilometers from its uh, Tibet's capital. That is from the last The important thing to note in Damsung airbase is since 2020, the development in airbase construction has been, uh, you know, fastened. And then now we can see almost, uh, you know, fully... Operational uh, runways, which are existing the runways are ready. It appears, but um, the, there is uh, adjacent facilities need to be established. Those facilities, I believe, will uh, come in uh, very few years. Looking at the phases in which the other airports are built, probably in the next three four years, this airport airbase is going to be, you know, fully functional airbase. And interestingly, it has uh, pretty long runways of uh, almost. Uh, 5,000 meters and uh, it, it is uh, having big hangars, and it has UAVs capabilities and it can hold uh, you know even uh, what do you call it? the helicopters and this base um, is you know being built on a place which is uh, very remote like, let's say Damsung and also Shigatse Dingri these are the air bases which are built in a very remote location where where I believe the the gap was exist earlier for Chinese uh, air forces. And those are filled by having this uh, air bases in these locations. Especially shigatse Tingri is uh, the one which is again uh, very close to Indian border. And it is a 4.5 kilometer long uh, base. And this air base has a connectivity to Highway G219 as well. So uh, what is commonly, you know, there are a few things which are commonly standing out from this uh, air basis. And there's an interesting point to note in Shigatse Tingri Air Base. The interesting point is uh, the, the airbase is located uh, very close to a river and the river course is modified a bit and airport is constructed for better operations. So there's no double human activities exist near uh, to that airbase's. A, there are small villages, those are small modern villages. And uh, once the airbase exists and once the, it is connected to highway, we can expect a lot of development in this region and that too close to Indian border. So this is something where rising an alarm, like you are making people to settle uh, very close to the contested borders and providing them facilities and providing them connectivity to the rest of the country. So these are the challenging things coming out because of this airport establishment.
0: Right. And so let's zoom out a little bit from the discussion we have had so far where we looked at the specifics with respect to all the airports you have analyzed using satellite imagery, right? Now, if you look at all these spy facilities in total, a lot of commonalities emerge. And you also point these out, right? Uh, First, you say that uh, these are located strategically near water bodies or water resources. Second, uh, these are located at very high altitudes, and they are also located near barren or open lands, which provide ample opportunity for uh, expanding these facilities in the future. And as part of your final analysis, you also write that, uh, and I quote, developments underscore China's heightened combat readiness in the region, signaling a significant shift in military capabilities, end quote. Also, could you elaborate on both these aspects of Chinese thinking and preparation and perhaps also broadly outline what do you think the counter response that Indian strategic planners must work out uh, with regard to these developments in the Tibetan
1: region? Yeah, first, when it comes to commonality in the region uh, in this air basis, what we have uh, looked at is the air bases, as I earlier mentioned, the air bases are established for specific purposes in mind it supports both uh, civilian and uh, military requirement but if you look at the places where it is located it is located uh, close to water bodies most of the cases which uh, provides water requirements it, it you know whatever water requirements are there for uh, construction consumption and so on those are satisfied because it is next to the river and second, uh, it also helps to generate uh, electricity, which are required for the operation of uh, the civilian and military infrastructure in the region. Either the requirements are met up uh, with the help of uh, hydropower stations or solar, uh, solar stations, because you can also see massive solar plants being built, uh, especially in case of Shigatse airport. So I also pointed out in my study that uh, the capacity for, uh, electric, you know, solar generation, electricity generated through solar has been increased several folds over the years. So these are the indicators, let's say the water, the energy, and also shelters. The shelters are established in order to accommodate uh, the civilians, the military purpose, uh, personals and their families. These three indicate that uh, they are planned for sustainable stay in that region because this part of China is distinct from the other places and it's discorded in many aspects. So they are trying to generate food, energy, and other requirements at that particular place itself. So this is a clear indication that uh, the idea is not just to um, stay for a while. The idea is to stay for a longer period. And it will promote the activities when you look at the civilian infrastructure in that region, the recreational facilities are uh, created, uh, the water structures are built within the uh, the small town. So these are all indicates that, you know, there's a possibility that the population will expand in this area in multiple folds. And uh, you can see a huge uh, colony of people moving towards this people, towards this place, because it has all the infrastructure facilities and the opportunities exist for business development as well. In fact, uh, the recent uh, map released by China also emphasized the utilization of geospatial resources to identify the potential business development opportunities in different parts of China. So this also indicates people of China will also look at the resources which are depicted in different layers of maps and the possibility of, uh, you know, business opportunities exist in the region. Thus, enables them to migrate in this region and then, you know, there can be a substantial growth of population and economic activity in this region. So once it is there, so the disputes and things would be uh, narrated in a way like uh, the people has been there, the Chinese has been there, the people has been there for a longer time. Right. So this is one way of uh, occupying and, uh, you know, narrating a story of uh, colonization, especially in a confronted regions so that we can expect it uh, after several years. And uh, as a response to this, of course, uh, we and in the Indian side do establish border villages and uh, they also, for, you know, provided facilities to these border villages. But the massive difference, I should say, when it compared to the Indian side and the Chinese side is the Indian side uh, do have several air uh, dual purpose airports and air bases at present in this region. So uh, what we are seeing developments in Chinese side are something new because there was no Newman occupation. There was not much of infrastructure facilities. Now it is built in a massive way so uh, on one side of us you know on our side it is it is being built and it is increased and it is strengthened and the more villages are created closer to the borders whereas on the other side um, the massive infrastructures are created and uh, more uh, more and more people are migrating toward that places though we don't have official numbers but it is believed uh, through literature that um, you know multiple folds of people have been uh, uh, you know increases uh, the hot destinations in this border villages. So this will increase. And uh, so what we need to do perhaps is to look at how these activities are being carried out and whether it is uh, of uh, pure civilian purpose and it is of uh, military nature. And a close monitoring is also required on uh, looking at our own uh, boundaries in regular terms through several reconnaissance and monitoring systems.
0: Right. So thank you so much, Nitya, for joining me on this podcast today and going through your work on analyzing these three, five uh, airports in uh, the central Tibetan region and why it should be a matter of concern for India. And for those of our listeners who are interested in geospatial technology and how geospatial resources can come in aid of strategic planning, uh, do follow Nitya's work and his newsletter, the Takshashila Geospatial Bulletin. Thanks once again for joining uh, me on all things policy, Nitya.
1: Thank you, Shri. Thank you, viewers. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app, IVMPodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, If you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.